Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to One Up Deliver Through the AI podcast channel. I'm your host as usual, Guy. And joining me, Carl. How you doing, Carl? Not too bad, Guy. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Look at us. What, this three in a row? Yeah, three, three in a row. <laughs> and hopefully the THQ thing isn't awful next week or this week. It might be out four in a row. But uh, we'll wait and see. Um, but I'm guessing everyone knows why we're here. We're going to review the PlayStation event, which was, well, it was very up and down in extreme measures. Um, but we'll do the news quickly beforehand. And the first story, Carl, is a, continua- a continuation, I should say, of one that we uh, discussed last week. Yeah, so Tripwire boss steps down after heavily criticized Texas anti-abortion law tweet. And this comes from Wesley in Poole over Eurogamer. And Wesley writes, the boss of Tripwire Interactive has stepped down after he said he was, quote, proud, end quote, a draconian Texas anti-abortion law was allowed to stand. Last week, John Gibson, president of the Chivalry 2, Killing Floor and Man Eater publisher tweeted to say he, quote, felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life game developer, end quote. Now, Tripwire has issued a statement condemning Gibson's comments and confirming he had stepped down as CEO, with co-founder and current vice president Alan Wilson taking over in the interim. Here's the statement in full, quote, the comments given by John Gibson are of his own opinion and do not reflect those of Tripwire Interactive as a company. His comments disregarded the values of our whole team, our partners and much of our broader community. Our leadership team at Tripwire are deeply sorry and are unified in our commitment to take swift action and to foster a more positive environment. Effective immediately, John Gibson has stepped down as CEO of Tripwire Interactive. Co-founding member and current vice president, Alan Wilson, will take over as interim CEO. Alan has been with the company since its formation in 2005 and is an active lead in both the studio's business and developmental affairs. Alan will work with the rest of the Tripwire leadership team to take steps with employees and partners to address their concerns, including executing a company-wide town hall meeting and promoting open dialogue with Tripwire leadership and all employees. His understanding of both the company's culture and the creative vision of our games will carry the team through this transition with full support from the other Tripwire leaders. And you can read the full story over on Eurogamer. So, guys, we... we kind of predicted there was going to be a, a backlash and, and that's exactly what we've seen yeah absolutely we mentioned um 
Well, basically, we said if you have these views, for whatever reason, whether it's religion, you just a bit weird, <laughs> um, or whatever, you you really shouldn't be sharing them in an industry that is, what did we say, liberal leaning, left leaning, probably more liberal. You'd probably say, um, yeah. it, it was just a really stupid thing, and this dude, um, John Gibson's obviously. Screwed his career up doing it. Um, it it just shows it just shows what a hotbed topics like this are. And obviously, this is a gaming podcast. But when when someone in the gaming industry does stupid stuff like this, it it it's a potential career ruiner. So yeah, it it's just it's a continuation from last week. He's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about how in, in general, um, you know, speaking out as, as pro-life in, in this industry is, is risky. Now, whether you feel that's right or wrong, I mean, obviously, there's an argument to me that, that people deserve their, their freedom of speech and deserve to have their own views and voice them. And, and we understand that. Um, but just given the the balance, you know, the, the, as you said, that this industry is very liberal leaning, it, it is risky. But I think particularly the timing, whatever, if any, you know, random day he came mm. out and said he was pro-life, but to choose to do it at this point uh, in the shadow of this, this controversial law you know and I, I think what the difficulty here is i mean it, it, some might even argue that this law isn't completely pro-life given that you know it's not outlawed abortion completely it's just up until six weeks um but also i think that the controversy largely lies with the the measures related to people being monetarily rewarded for reporting on people who have abortions um what? What? illegal abortions and, oh, okay. yeah so that, that's really I what believe. it relates to so i think when you you put it in that context hmm. it makes this decision even more bizarre it was it was inevitably gonna have this backlash and I, i'm not shocked at all that um this is what's happened and, and that he's had to ultimately step down um and i think it'll it'll make the next person who who thinks of saying something so controversial on a a public platform to think twice when they're in a similar position yeah and i think it, obviously with the, with this law being approved is that the right word i don't bloody know um but we we've seen the god all word this women's rights women's safety stuff like that we've seen that especially in 2021 obviously it's been a much more long-standing thing um in their lives obviously but we, we've seen so much come to come to light in the in the in the recent months if not years and stuff like that so yeah considering the image of the gaming industry and well, well not all women are obviously pro-choice some are pro-life and stuff like that but it it's just a just continues the the bad luck about the women's rights in gaming. I'm trying to say very clumsily, but yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a strange one. It is a strange one, but yeah, I'm I'm sure as we as we say, I'm sure there is people in the industry who are pro life, are right wing, and stuff like that. 
And, well, be it not, well, in my opinion, there is something wrong with being right wing because I'm left wing, but you have the choice to be right wing. But it's, uh, as we say, the gaming industry is uh, it's not one, especially surrounding stuff like this, is not one to uh, openly celebrate. It's not something like that's not something you celebrate, is it really? You can debate around it, but you shouldn't celebrate shit, shit like that. No, it's it's interesting that you kind of um, look at the the like call call to to uh, attention the the focus on um, women's rights in 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 regards to the industry at the moment. Anyway, I hadn't even thought about it in that that context. I mean, it, it already feel, when you look at it that way, it feels like we're we're already in a, a bit of a you know we're we're um, Things are already stirring up a, li- a little bit, let's say. So, I think obviously this someone in the games industry having such a reaction to a, a controversial law that further impacts women's rights, um, at least in in the case of the, the state of Texas, um, it, it it was inevitably going to to, to blow up. Um, so that that is a good point that you made. Um, I, I mean, it's just I I think. It, it, as I said, I think I said last week, and I'll, I'll say it again. I think people just need to uh, think before they tweet. You know, when you you type out a tweet, you know, kind of give it a look over and and see is the as, when you're in that kind of a position of power as 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 he was. You know, you just have to think twice because I think if if people take that moment mm. to think twice, they might end up erasing that tweet and and never tweeting it. Yeah, and then we would never have talked about this, and that dude would still have his job. Yada, yada, yada. But, yeah, idiot. Um, Moving on, I'll do the next one. Sony buys Fire Sprite, the studio behind The Playroom. This is from Polygon by Austin Goslin. Sony has added another developer to its PlayStation Studios lineup. On Wednesday, Sony announced that it has acquired Firespite, a Liverpool-based studio that has worked with Sony several times in the past. Several of Firesprite's members were formerly part of Sony Interactive Entertainment Studio Liverpool, making this a return to Sony for many at the studio. Firesprite was founded in 2012 and has since developed a number of games for Sony PlayStation consoles Fire Sprite's previous games include The Playroom and The Playroom VR, Run Sackboy Run, as well as horror game The Persistence. Earlier this year, Fire Sprite announced that it was has been working with Cloud Imperium games on Star Citizen Theatres of War, a multiplayer game mode that will combine many different types of combat from Star Citizen. Sony and Fire Sprite's announcement of this acquisition did not mention Theatres of War or any specific upcoming projects. The announcement does in, does include a statement from Firespite's managing director Graham Ankers, which most mostly focuses on the relationship that Firespite and Sony have had so far, with a few clues as to what might be in the studio's future. This is the second major addition to Sony's PlayStation Studios so far this year. In June, Sony acquired Returnal developer Housemark. A month later, in July, Sony added Nick Nixes. Let's go with Nixes, a studio that worked on Marvel Avengers and several recent Tomb Raider games to the PlayStation Studio rosters as well. 
Now, Carl, what does this mean for you? Because I, I've not played any of them games they've made, but obviously, if I look at this through the lenses of an Xbox person, Xbox has a shed load of studios, but PlayStation seems to be quality over quantity. That, that's not bad mouth in Xbox's ones, but PlayStation seems to be very particular when acquiring a studio. Yeah, I mean, when I first read about this, I mean, it, it didn't really do too much for me because I was, you know, on the surface of it, it seemed that Fire Spite were just a, a team that it were, they collaborated with Japan Studio and the, the Playroom and the Playroom VR, and they also did, developed the Persistence, which was on PSVR. So it seemed like this was a, a studio that were very much niche in their a VR focused and you know per- peripheral focused um so it, to be honest it, it didn't excite me too much but having read into them further um i, I think it's a really in- intriguing acquisition and i think it makes a lot of sense i mean it makes a lot of sense in the way in which it's a studio that sony have worked with i mean a lot of their employees came from sony liverpool which is you know, Sony have closed a, a lot of studios, well, a, a few studios, let's say, in the past 20 years. Um, but the one I think that probably shocked people the most was Sony Liverpool. I mean, they, they, they had been around forever. They were the team behind Wipeout, which was one of the synonymous PlayStation IP. I mean, it, it just seemed a real surprise when they closed them down. So. In a way, it's it's kind of nice that it's come full circle, circle and they they've brought their successor studio in under under the roof at at PlayStation. And then in terms of why it's intriguing, is this is a studio that they're not a small studio, you know, as, as you might expect on the surface of the announcement and the games they've worked on, that it might be maybe a, a studio of fifty, sixty people. They have over two hundred and fifty employees. And Herman Holst, obviously head of PlayStation Studios, talked about this acquisition a, a little bit following the announcement, and he suggested that the projects, and he he emphasised multiple projects that Fire Sprite have on the go, that um they bring something that Sony doesn't currently have on their PlayStation Studios. They're different kind of games, and he seemed that the very vague descriptions that he seemed to to give seemed to refer to a couple of games, one of which who people believe is VR related, which makes sense given the the impending PSVR two, and the other which seemed to be a, a multiplayer title, which again is something that that PlayStation Studios lacks. So it feels like they're filling in holes, uh, as you and as you said, guy trying to play catch up with with uh, Xbox, they're never going to have as many studios as Xbox, but if they can have kind of the quality and, and have uh, a lot of different genres covered, I mean, that that would be seen as a success, I'm sure. Mm. They seem to be adding more teams into them, into the ones already there, Anna, what is it? Um, Insomniac's up to four now, isn't it? And isn't Son- uh, Santa Monica, they've got a good few now, aren't they? So I think it's building within rather than extending from out, isn't it, really? Yeah, I, I think obviously the 
they, as far as acquisitions go, they're they're only going to bring in teams and and studios that you know Maybe fit in what they're trying point. to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll be discussing that uh, when we get to to talking about the showcase. Um, but I I don't think they're going to rush to to kind of pick whatever studios they can they can get. They're they're not an embracer group here, so. I mean, I'm sure there are more acquisitions to come, possibly even before the year is out. But you know, they're they're never going to be one to 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 just suddenly announce four or five acquisitions at once. They're, they're, it's very methodical, and as you said, that the main focus is bringing more teams in in their existing studios, and therefore they can learn from the existing teams and and bring kind of the the games that that PlayStation gamers expect and. Um, the the level of quality they're expected at. So I mean, as I said, the, on the face of it, it, it's an acquisition that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think the thing we've seen with Sony is that they don't get t- teams don't get pigeonholed because it would have been easy for let's say Gorilla just to keep making um, Killzone, and that that could have been what they're pigeonholed into. They end up making Horizon Zero Dawn, and it's. Uh, Pretty damn good. So I think that's what we see a bit more. Obviously, it's early in Xbox is a lot of studios, so we might see more variety from them at, at times. But I think that's what we get from Sony Studios. They're kind of everything won't get greenlit, obviously. And we, we've seen stuff like um, what's that zombie game that didn't get a sequel? Days Gone. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's stuff like that, but we do see teams they always get a chance to prove themselves. And this doesn't mean that um, Fire Sprite won't, won't just be stuck making uh, run sack by run and stuff like that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see see what the, how they can develop. And maybe if they do, maybe they can just build on Sackboy again because, obviously, um, he's a... What, what would you call him? A cult classic? I've never really played it. Uh, I mean, the... the uh, I, I... I'd say they were popular games, uh, Little Big yeah. Planet. Um, it is interesting actually what's happening there because um, obviously Media Molecule have moved on to Dreams and are very focused on on that. Um, well, and therefore the most recent Sackboy game was outsourced to an external studio, um, which I believe belongs to Tencent now. Or one of those Chinese corporations. Every, everything's anyway. owned by Tencent. That is, <laughs> this is if it, it's so. not Embracer Group or Microsoft, it's Tencent. That's <laughs> uh, probably not a lot, though. Uh, but um, anything to add on this before we move on to the new story where you have literally put it in to justify you spending €20? Euro? <laughs> what a spoiler. <laughs> um, no, I, I just, uh, as I said, I'm just in, intrigued to see kind of what, what further moves... Sony move uh, or Sony make rather um, moving forward in terms of, of acquisitions and as I said I'm sure they'll they'll continue to, to follow a similar pattern right so here we are Cal would you like to tell the people and go through the story of why you have spent 20 euro on this game yes or our third story Marvel's Avengers new roadmap Spider-Man, level cap increase, and first raid coming in 2021. And this comes from Matt Kim over at IGN. It's been one year since Marvel's Avengers hit the scene, and developer Crystal Dynamics released a new roadmap for the rest of 2021. With details of the first raid 
a power level cap increase, and of course, confirming again that Spider-Man is slated to come to PlayStation later this year. In an extensive new blog, Crystal Dynamics looks back at the year, including all the ups and downs, as well as looks towards the future, providing a glimpse at some upcoming content. First things first, yes, Spider-Man is still slated to be released sometime this year as a playable character in the new Hero event exclusive to PlayStation players. Unfortunately, that's about all the details Crystal Dynamics shared today. The team also confirmed that Spider-Man or Avengers will not be showcased in this week's PlayStation livestream. The roadmap also revealed Avengers' very first raid content called Discordant Sound. The raid will come in standard power level 150 to 160 and elite modes power level 160 to 175. And we'll have players face Claw. The raid will conclude his story from the War for Wakanda expansion. Crystal Dynamics says the raid will be quote, the most challenging content yet, end quote, and will test players' individual skills, four-player teamwork, and observational skills. On the quality of life side of things, Crystal Dynamics confirmed that there will be a power level cap increase coming to Avengers. However, they say the increase won't come at the expense of the gear players have already earned. Coming with the level increase, there will be a new system that lets players upgrade epic, legendary, and exotic gear from power level 100 to the new power level cap. Although the initial launch for Avengers has been rocky, Crystal Dynamics is working continuously on improving the experience and says that player feedback is the team's number one priority. And while there's still no concrete info on Spider-Man just yet, he's still slated to arrive in 2021 as per the newest roadmap. And you can get the full story over at IGN. So as Guy has alluded to, I did recently pick up Marvel's Avengers. I mean, the the PlayStation 5 version is going for about 20 euros. So that's, what, maybe 17, 18 pounds? Too much. These days. And, I mean, it, no, there was whispers about Spider-Man still coming later this year um, prior to this story breaking. So based on that, when I, I saw how cheap the game was, I just I just had to pick it up because, I mean, the the idea of being able to play as Spider-Man in the game was kind of what had my interest from the start. <laughs> I knew it wasn't the, the best game, but the idea of playing as Spider-Man in, in any game appeals to me, to be honest, because I'm borderline obsessed with Spider-Man. Just go so, play Spider-Man again <laughs> to save yourself I, the hassle. I could do that. Or, or uh, pick up a few of the old uh, PS2, PS3 oh, Spider-Man I mean. games. But um, no, I, I thought I'd give this a, a go. I mean, as a as a big Marvel fan and as a big fan of, of Destiny in the past, you know, something that marries those two experiences uh, is something that I, I can't help but, but check out. So I've, I've finally jumped in. Um, haven't popped it on my PS5 yet. I, I probably will. I won't wait for the, the Spider-Man DLC. I'll give it a go before that. So hopefully maybe on the next show I'll, I'll be able to report in and, and give my opinions on that. I mean, but what are your thoughts here, Guy? You're, you're someone who is an early adopter of Avengers. You, you got it early mm. and you weren't too keen. I mean, have you heard much from other people playing the game in, in regards to them turning things around somewhat? 
No. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's played it recently. I think <clears throat> I've only had one minute? Maybe two. Definitely one because I game share with him, so he got it when I unfortunately spent my own money on it. Um, he seemed to enjoy it, but it's like enjoying a game from Xbox 360. It's That's just how I feel about it. It might have been proven, obviously, getting the next gen... Is it is it just is it an absolute actual upgrade or is it just playing a PlayStation Four game on on a PS Five or is it an actual upgrade? No, they they launched a PS Five the PS Five and Xbox One or Xbox Series X versions got delayed initially, but right. they came out in the spring, so it is a you know it does play better than the uh, original version. Right. Okay. Still not asked. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I've, I've seen the DLCs that have come out. Um, the uh, Black Panther. What is the one? Is it Hawkeye? I think there's one over us. Yeah, that was a, an expansion, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, none of that dragged me or even like tempted me to even re-download the game. Which, I mean, doesn't speak volumes because there's plenty of stuff that you can't really get back into, but... I don't know. I just don't... Like, you'll probably... You might understand when you play it, but I don't understand how Spider-Man's going to work into it. Unless, like, his DLC is just New York City, because the the base game, what I played, the landscapes and stuff, they don't really fit into web-slinging and stuff like that, so unless it's going to be, like, properly redesigned for Spider-Man, or it's going to be, like, the original PlayStation games where he webs the sky <laughs> i'm not sure how it'll work entirely but that that's a that's a problem for them and they'll probably have to well they probably will solve it because yeah he's been well well advertised hasn't he um but yeah i think it's, it's just a game that i bought out of pure boredom i can't say i was disappointed with it because i wasn't expecting much when i bought it but yeah i, I don't think I don't think there's anything that could attract me back to that game, to be honest. Because it's just... It's just very ordinary, which is strange, considering... I mean, you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Barring Black Widow, which is a terrible film, the films tend to be bangers. Everything around Disney stuff is, is, is bangers. I mean, just the uh, Insomniac Spider-Man games are, are fantastic and stuff like this. Stuff like that. But this was just... It was a lame, it was a lame duck. It was crap. You 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 may enjoy it more than I did, but I I just felt it was like a dated game. Yeah, I, I do. Get, I think you know from from what I I hear um, among kind of the gaming community, the the game has slowly carved itself out. You know, a, an audience, um, particularly among console players, but it's it's not a particularly large audience. Um, uh, and I do think kind of the 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 content they've added kind of has has probably helped with that, but I do think uh, kind of a, an overarching opinion tends to be that this game is is dated somewhat. You know, people feel that they, we we kind of know that this game was supposed to be out earlier than it was. I mean, it was rumored for so long before it was announced, and then obviously got got delayed after its announcement. You know, we, we it does feel like this game was supposed to come out a couple of years ago, and and 
before, well, not a couple of years ago now, because it came out a year ago at this point, but a couple of years before its launch, and then maybe things would have would have been different because it would have been a very different in, environment. It would have been coming out when those kind of games were, yeah, that's a good point. were hot properties, and then also when the the MCU, well, the MCU is still very popular. I mean, I, I recently went to see Shang Chi, and it's a fantastic movie. It, they've moved into the to the more obscure properties for the large part um and and they've moved away from this centralized avengers mcu and i think if it had come out at the time when avengers was was the big deal um it would have made a, a big difference for this game yeah that's a good point i think when if to come out in 2020 if it came well not mid-gen but the last Three quarter last quarter of the gen, it probably would have made more sense. But yeah, I think when a when a game like that um, goes cross gen, yeah, it kind of. I mean, you compare it to like The Last of Us Two, RDR Two, God of War, and stuff like that, and you're like, yeah, it looks like you've not maxed this out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, who cares? As you say, it'll have its following. But I don't think I don't think anything will drag people back especially that Spider-Man probably will be a is he confirmed as an exclusive or is he a timed exclusive I think he's an outright exclusive yeah so I'm getting fucked over <laughs> I'm getting completely <laughs> fucked over um, but yeah um, so it doesn't really affect me um, I can't even get fucking Wolverine anymore it's bullshit but we'll talk about that later um Right, last news story before we get into the Sony one, and this will be a quick one. Uh, Nintendo lowers price of base Switch model in Europe. Eurogamer Tom Phillips, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Nintendo's basic Switch model is now cheaper in the UK and mainland Europe by around £20. That makes it £259.99 or £299. uh, Jesus, £299.99. Is it... Pence in cent. euro or cent? Yeah, yeah. Look at me, not knowing money. <laughs> Down from two seven nine uh, and three two nine. For comparison, the upcoming Switch uh, OLED, bleh, OLED is set to launch at three hundred nine ninety nine. Let's pick random numbers here, Nintendo. While the Switch Lite is one hundred ninety nine ninety nine. Official pricing for the console is updated on Nintendo's own store, though it is not yet reflected on other retailers such as Amazon. Nintendo Switch OLED arrives on 8th of October alongside Metroid Dread. It boasts a slightly larger screen, which has been upgraded to OLED, plus 64GB of internal storage, improved speakers, and a wider adjustment stand. adjustable stand, I should say. There have been whispers last week of an impending price drop to make way for the arrival of the OLED into the bustling Switch market, although that seemed to suggest larger cut the more marginal change in pricing seen today. Now, my first question, is it called the OLED or am I meant to say OLED? <laughs> I think either or works. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna, I was going to say OLED and then it sounded wrong and I'm pretty sure it is meant to be that way. But anywho... Um, yeah, I mean, I can't remember if we... Were we around when this got announced, the new one? We must have been. Yeah, yeah, we did. We, we I think we covered it at, at one point in, in the news. Um, I mean, uh, I think it was focused on the thing that that 
rumors all along was suggesting that it was kind of more of a a switch pro with obviously better performance and in, in dock and, and that kind of thing and that's clearly not what we're getting this is just basically a, a slightly bigger better screen and better speakers and um, so it's it's not really any enhanced graphics power let's say yeah i mean we both have switches we think we mentioned well i i've mentioned i probably would have got the switch light um uh, if that was out when i got my switch eh, i don't see what new market this drags in but at the same time i don't really have a connection at all to nintendo's fan base so maybe that just a bit more we'll we'll drag in cuz the switch is what 5 years 4 or 5 years now must be yeah, I mean, I was all for the idea of a, a Switch Pro. Um, I mean, I thought it might give me a reason to finally dock my Switch because I, I don't really dock it. Um, as similar to yourself, more tend to stick to handheld mode, but obviously that that isn't what we've we've got. And, and as we said, we we spoke about that on the previous show. Um, I, I'm still him and on on whether to pick up one of these. Um, OLED switches eventually, um, although that that has more to to do with the the fact that would uh, enable me to to give my old switch to someone else and then I, I could pick up this. So um, that that's it's it's not really that I'm rushing out to to pick up one of these and and lucky because I gather they're terribly supply constrained as one would expect with a, a console. Uh, at the moment, given the the chip shortages, so I, I think unless you already pre-ordered one of these OLED switches, you're you're not going to be getting one anytime soon. Um, I mean, but on the the topic of the the price drop, I mean, I'm not surprised at all that there is a price drop for the original switch. It makes sense; you couldn't really have them uh, kind of only what ten pound in in between mm-hmm. the two SKUs. Um, but I would have expected a, li- a little more, you know, maybe. 40 50 pound off rather than 30 pound i mean what's your thoughts on the the amount of the price drop yeah it seems a bit i don't know just unsubstantial really i think i mean you look at the difference between series i know it's a different situation but you look at series x and series s what's that like 200 maybe more Large enough, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's quite substantial. I know it's not. That is a completely different, like, more powerful disc drive, yada yada yada. But it, it it's a substantial price difference. Where in this, it, it's I don't know. It's almost like if you're buying your kid a Nintendo Switch at Christmas, and say it's like I don't know, say it's a seven year old, you like. Just get the cheap one. They're not going to appreciate that. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I think I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter. But um, maybe maybe it'll flip the other way and just go. It's whatever more. How much more is it? So what is it? Sixty quid? No, fifty. Fifty quid more. So yeah. It's probably it's it's probably the nice round number, but yeah, maybe people will just think it's fifty quid more. We'll get the better one. 
That's probably how I'd think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, possibly. I, I think really when you look at the three models of Switch now that are going to be on the market, they're they're very much focused on on particular groups. You know, the the OLED model is is aimed at at uh, kind of the the more hardcore gamers who play mm. their Switch a lot and just want the slightly bigger screen and and the the better the better screen. And um, they're they're going to go for that. Whereas obviously people buying switches for their children are more likely to to lean towards the the light um given its its smaller size and it's um no need to be docked i mean it is just basically a a 3ds successor and then you've got in the middle ground your standard switch which might be more so aimed at families and the like that that want to switch be able to put it on the tv and stuff so it makes sense having the three different different models but uh, as i said i I just would have expected another 10 20 pounds to be knocked off the the standard and this this price drop but i suppose this leaves room for um for uh, retailers to exactly when you're thinking of black friday and stuff in the months to come for for them to to knock that little bit extra off and and that's might be the sweet spot for some people yeah yeah i think i don't think yelmar i think most people probably have a switch if they've got a gaming family like i have one (laughs) i don't think i've used it in probably since the last Pokemon, since Pokemon's on the shield. But anywho, um, we'll get into the PlayStation event, Carl. And before we get in the games, I've kind of already spoiled one um, earlier on. But ov- overall thoughts on it from you? It's obviously, well, I I appreciate the PlayStation, but it is your console. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a very good showing. Um, better than I was expecting. It could have been better, but these things are rarely perfect. You know, there's always going to be, and, and I think there's a bias involved as well. There's there's always going to be a couple of games in any of these things that aren't really aimed at you, and they're going to be kind of you might lose a little bit of attention, and then it'll switch to the next game, and it's something that's for you, and you're 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 back on the edge of your seat. That's always how it's going to be. So it's it's never really going to be a, a perfect showcase. But I, I like the way that they they respected your time uh, with the the about forty five minutes for the the showcase all in all. Um, they, it was just kind of game after game after game. There's very little. I think there was a little bit of talking by Jim Ryan at one point, but other very early. But other than that, it was just showcasing games, which is exactly what you want from a, a video game showcase. So, um, yeah, all in all, I was I was really happy with the the showing. Yeah, and I think obviously not all of this is exclusive to to um, to PlayStation, so I can take stuff away from this. And I mean, well, we'll spoil it. Everyone knew God of War Two was uh, God of War Ragnarok was going to be there. That's the game I want to buy a PlayStation Five for. So it we've got the first thing that's tempted. Well, if I can find one, um, but it's the first game that's tempted me into getting a PlayStation Five. So. There we are. That's probably my main takeaway from this one. But I'm sure the it has been rumbled. So I'll say surprise, but maybe want of a better word. The main surprise for me, of for some people, is Star Wars: The Night of the Old Republic remake. Carl, and I think, I think there's two reasons why this is a surprise. Firstly, that it exists and it's ready to be. Well, it wasn't really shown, but it was announced. And the second surprise is that 
it was on a PlayStation stage, and it's... We haven't really had confirmed details of it yet, but I believe it's launching on PlayStation 5 and PC. But it's a timed exclusive, so it will come to Xbox, but the game's probably that far away we won't get details on the actual timed exclusivity. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we kind of knew this one was coming. I think we actually even talked about it in the podcast um, a few months ago. I think it was originally broken by YouTuber Maddie Plays and then kind of confirmed by Jason Schreier, as all or most video game rumors tend to be. But we had kind of no clue when it was coming. And I think we never could have predicted that it would be a timed exclusive for the PlayStation, given this game's pedigree on, on the Xbox platform. So I think in in that way, it was a massive surprise because this wasn't the showcase we would have been expecting to see this at. I mean, obviously, we didn't see a lot. And I mean, given that, I, I'd expect there's still a long way to go with this game. And I, I think in kind of the the few little interviews they done after the showcase, the developers seem to suggest as much. So I think we'll we'll be waiting a, most likely till 2023 for this one. Um, but it's exciting all the same. I mean, Knights of the Old Republic is one of those games that I've always I have I have played it for a couple hours but I've never finished it and I've never played the second one. And that's because it's just, you know, having played more recent Bioware games and, and RPGs in general, it's it's a tough one to play. And, you know, I've I felt for a while I'll, I'll just force myself through it, but now I feel I don't have to because this, this is coming and it kind of combines the, apparently it's going to combine the stories about games. And so that just, it seems like it's just perfect for, for me. I mean, um, what, what's your thoughts on, on that guy? And is this one that you're expecting to play when it eventually comes to Xbox in, you know, 2024, yeah. 2025? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's been bloody that far away, won't it? Uh, yeah, I'll play this. Uh, I'll probably wait. I hopefully have a PS5 by then, but I'll probably wait for Xbox with this one. I think, it's one that was. It's always been due a remake. We always just thought maybe it'd probably be one Bioware do, considering the. I know they're already recent, but the success of um, uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. The um, uh, I'm not sure who you're making the uh, Dead Space one, but that that looks excellent as well. But is Aspire's done a few remakes, haven't they? They've done a lot of ports. Ports, of, right. Um, they, they obviously, I think generally they're known as kind of a, a port studio porting console games to PC and, and most more recently porting a lot of some older games to modern consoles. And they've done a lot of work with Star Wars. Um, I think they ported like Republic Commando and um, I think um, Star Wars Pod Racer. And a few others. Just, uh, I, I think they, uh, a lot of the Star Wars games have come uh, to um, modern consoles recently, and I, I wouldn't be. I'm pretty sure Aspire have done them all. Um, just double checking now, but um, they, uh, they, they generally are a port studio, though. It, it's that that's their their main function. So this is kind of their their first game of their own and it's not even really a game of their own so to speak 
Um, yeah, so they've they've they ported um, as well a lot of the kind of they actually ported the old Republic games to to Linux, like they do report uh, PC games to to other uh, computer platforms. Um, so like they they have been very much involved in in Star Wars in in recent years. So it's it's um it's kind of fitting that they'd be the one to to take this on, and it's exciting for them that they're getting to do something other than kind of port or, or remaster existing games. I mean, I know it's a remake, but that's certainly a step up. And yeah. I think you can. We've seen with Blue Point that you you can really make a name for yourselves even if it is just remakes that you make because i mean you it's effectively a it is a remake but it's effectively a new game in a lot of ways yeah i mean it's not exactly something i don't know we joked about last of us getting remade the uh, last week didn't we you can take stuff from the original last of us because it's still a modern game whereas you look at the original uh, kotor that is a potato of a game now, as you alluded to, trying to replay it. Um, so yeah, it, it's basically a completely new game. You're probably going to have to do uh, new uh, voice recordings and stuff like that. So it is basically a new game, just with source material. That's pro- that's basically it. Whereas, as I said, Last of Us probably is the best example, because we joke, why does that need a remake? It's not even old. Um, but yeah, it, it is just... It, it it's one of Bioware's. I don't know. It's been one of the most highly sought after remakes. You'd probably think because you can go back and play it, but you kind of don't want to. Because it it's not made about a graphic snob or anything like that. But games from that era are just they're just difficult to play. They really are. I mean, I think that particular. Era, I think kind of if we go say two generations, kind of the PS1 and then the the PS2, Xbox, GameCube era. I think maybe with the exception of certain GameCube exclusives, you know, like your Mario Kart and stuff. I think they're kind of timeless. Yeah. But I think most other games from those eras are really hard to play. They they feel like frozen in time. I think if you go from kind of Xbox 360, PS3 onwards, you know, games are modern enough that you can easily enough pick them up and, and play them. And then if you go back, obviously, to the older generations for the to the NES, the, the SNES, the Mega Drive, the, those earlier generations, they're very different. So, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not as jarring to pick them up. You know, they're, they're generally 2D games, side-scrolling, that kind of thing. But I think when you look at the, the 3D games that kind of came from, as I said, that PS1, PS2 eras, it's very, very hard to play them. It, it's 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 just, there's something jarring in your mind when you try to play them. Mm. And I've had that with a, a few kind of older games. And I mean, really... I mean, KOTOR came out in 2003. If we predict that this game's coming in 2023, that's a 20-year gap. A lot changes in 20 years. So I think this is very much a justified uh, remake. And I, I'm pretty confident that Aspire will put their own stamp on it that, that will really make it their own project. Yeah, I, spe- I, I didn't realize that we're taken um, from both games. So that... <clears throat> that's interesting to know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, that's interesting to know. Um, 
and it'll be interesting to see how they. I don't want to spoil it because now people actually have a reason to play. I I've not fin. I may have finished one. I didn't play two, but the the story is is great and there's um, twists and turns and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, they modernise that because we've seen with stuff like um, Final Fantasy VII remake, they didn't just clone the. Uh, the story did the I, again. I, I've I've seen the uh, twist and turn, but yeah, keeping other characters alive and stuff like that. But hey ho, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, next up, there was Project Eve, Carl, and I had to Google to remind myself. But this is the uh, JRPG action game with the chainsaw. I'm going to call them chainsaw dogs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was certainly an eye-catching presentation. Uh, I mean, at first I thought this was a, a new announcement, but um, having looked into it, this this game was first announced a couple of years ago, but it's kind of re-emerged now, let's say. Um, I mean, it, it it gave me vibes of, of Bayonetta. It, it felt very much like a, a platinum game. I was surprised when it wasn't a platinum game. Although also relieved because I honestly thought, oh my god, this this has this is platinum, and I said, they're, yet again they're taking on way too many projects. <laughs> you know, maybe release Bayonetta three and Babylon's Fall before you announce something else. So I was I was happy when it wasn't them, but it definitely seems to have, you know, their their influence there. I mean, shift up a, a Korean uh, developer, which isn't something you see every day, um, but. Yeah, it's it's very very distinct. Um, as you alluded to, the, the enemy designs are are quite striking, um, which you know to some people alone would would be a selling point. Some people just love enemy design, particularly when it's you know monsters and the like. They're obsessed with that kind of thing. Um, so I I, I think this one would be very eye catching for for a lot of people that that are into that. Um, I mean I, I like a good action game myself um so it's it's definitely one that i'll I'll be keeping an eye on um i mean i, I heard on another podcast someone alluded to you know the an era when there was a lot of fan service games you know things like lollipop chainsaw and the like mm. and i i got that that vibe that the, the um the main character she she definitely was uh alluding some <laughs> some sex appeal let's say um the 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 they're not not hiding that in in any sense, but yeah, no, it's very striking game, and I'll be certainly checking it out to see uh see more once we we figure out when it's actually coming out. I mean, what were your thoughts on that one? It looked like a Carl game to me. It it looked impressive for what it is, but as as, as well established, I think these games. Mm, that's something I'd probably give a go, but it's not something I've. Actively enjoyed in the past, like I've never played. I have played. I've never sought out to play stuff like Neo Automata and stuff like that. Not like I didn't. Play, I haven't barely played like um. Oh, what's it called? Ah, oh, it was in my head. Do you know? Oh, Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry. See, we're on the same wavelength. I didn't even play stuff like that, so this might be on a level a level above that. But yeah, it, it it looks impressive for what it is, but it's probably not my cup of tea. So yeah, um, I'd give it a go. I, I, 
As I, as I always say, if this stuff goes on Game Pass, wait, was this is this exclusive? No, no, no. Okay, so I'm sure I remember seeing it at uh, E3 at some point. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I'd give it a go on Game Pass at some point. But uh, yeah. Anywho, um, next up, a game we saw at uh, E3, or DLC, I should say. Wait, is it DLC or is it... No, no, it's a no, game. No, it's, it's a game, it's okay. It's a long game. So, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, obviously Gearbox. Um, this will probably be, like, half a game, like the pre-sequel, I presume. But Tiny Tina, one of the more popular uh, side characters in the uh, Borderlands universe, makes sense for her to get her own game. We have kind of covered this though, but yeah, it looks fun. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, we we talked about it when it was first revealed. I mean, it, it does look a lot of fun, and as I said at the time, it makes a lot of sense given that it's it's kind of um, inspired by one of the more popular expansions to Borderlands Two. Um, I mean, I, I'll I'll be keeping an eye on this. I am a Borderlands fan. I I played through and completed the first two games and a few of the DLCs for Borderlands Two. Um, I dabbled with the pre-sequel, but not for too long. But I haven't gotten a chance to, to get into Borderlands 3 yet. And at this point, I feel I may have missed the boat on that one. Um, so probably won't get into it. But I mean, if, if the, the right frames were to, to pick up uh, Wonderlands, I'd, I'd be tempted to, to get in on it because I did quite enjoy the, the DLC that inspired it. So, yeah, no, it, as, as you said, it, it looks a lot of fun. That's always the trouble with Borderlands games. They're always they're just built for co-op. <laughs> you never want to play one on your own. So yeah, I'd probably be the same. If it if someone else picks it up, I'll, I'll get it as well. Um, next up then is Forspoken. Um, this is the tech demo game, uh, from years back. Um, and we all thought, well, that's that's a long way away, and it's not too far away now. <laughs> um, but Forspoken, Carmen, we well, I've. I think I described it to you as that word looks meant the people look potatoey. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a couple questionable uh, character designs, let, let's say. But I mean, for for the most part, I mean, I'm I'm all in on this one. I mean, obviously, Luminous Productions are, are developing it. I was a big fan of Final Fantasy 15, and um, put well over 100 hours into that. And then uh, Gary Witta and Amy Hennig, Gary Witta being famous for co-writing Rogue One, and Amy Hennig being famous for having written uh, some of the earlier Uncharted games, among a lot of other video games over the years. So, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of a writing dream team. It's it's a fantasy-based game. You know, it's it's a great development team, in, in my opinion. So, I think all the, the I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Pieces fit fit together for, for what should hopefully be a, a great title. And... um. It looks, for the most part, really good to me, and and you said it's surprising it's so close. Spring twenty twenty two. I I would have expected holiday twenty twenty two. Although we can't we can't rule out games yeah. getting pushed back. So many of them do, um, in this day and age. Um, but I mean this this game to me, I know it's technically a timed exclusive, but given that that timed exclusive is for two years. This this may as well be a platform exclusive because, I mean, if people are going to play it, they're going to play it on PlayStation. I think very few people are going to pick this up on Xbox if it comes out in 2024. And even at that, I, I don't know if they'd bother. I mean, it, You'll it feels forget like what it is by then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at Final Fantasy VII Remake. That was an issue supposed to be 12 months, and it feels like Sony extended it for another 12 months. And I, I think Xbox people have pretty much just given up on it at this yeah. point. Um, unless maybe part one comes out alongside part two, day and date for I Xbox, but we, we, we don't know. So, uh, I mean, uh, to me, I'm treating this like a, a full-on exclusive, and and it's it's an exciting one. It's it's one of the the games kind of that that even before I had my PlayStation Five that I was most excited for, and um, I, I'm still really excited for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was impressive, especially the world. I think when you got when it got to them chatting, I was like, I was getting Mass Effect Andromeda flashbacks, and like, oh my god, that is not a human being's face. Um, but I suppose it's still time to, to fix stuff like that, but, I mean, the world looked good. Combat's a weird one, because it can look good, but at the same time, once you get your hands on it, it's like, it can get boring and samey quite quick, but we'll probably see that once people get their hands on it. But the, the world looked mighty impressive. It looked like a next-gen world, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the world seems central to to the game. Um, and it, it is really does seem to be its, its selling point. It is the most striking part, part of the game, because as you said, some, some of the character designs are not <laughs> the best. But the world design is is fantastic, and um, I mean as well. I was fairly impressed with the the voice acting as well. It seemed to stand out to me, and I think that's something you want in a, a game that that uh, the story is clearly so central to. Given that they've gone out and gotten these big name writers, um, so no, as as I said, really intrigued about this one, and I'll, I'll be picking it up at some stage. Yeah, I mean. 2025 if we're still doing the podcast car we can talk and talk about it um <laughs> rainbow six extra christ do we even want to talk about this i i mean i feel we kind of covered it at, at its mm. announcement i mean I, i'm a big rainbow six fan i'm intrigued by this but i mean i, I feel like i maybe have one 
left for dead type game in me and you know it might end up being this or it might end up being um back for blood given that back for blood is in game pass um that probably gives that a bit of an advantage Mm. because i can i can it's out three months early earlier as well yeah, exactly that. So, I mean, I, I can jump on that with you someday and, and, and uh, have a go. And, and that might just kind of sate the desire to, to play a, a mm. Left 4 Dead type game. So this one might just be one that, that uh, simply passes me by. But that, that, it may well be a, a great game. It's, yeah. it's no slight on that. And I expect it It will be given the, the recent successes of uh, the Rainbow Six series. I mean, it, I, I assume it's one that you're keeping your eye on given the the multiplayer aspect it it seems like because it probably won't end up in game pass it it's probably like a black friday game it's one i, I don't see many people picking it up for 70 quid but if they see it for one day for 30 quid it'd probably go i'll give it a bash that's probably how i'd view that game because as you say back for blood it's obviously a bit more. Well, it is left. It is. It is just left for dead. <laughs> um, whereas it'll be interesting to see if this has its own Rainbow Six spin on it. But I'd rather them just make a new Rainbow Six Vegas game or whatever, or add a campaign to Siege or something like that. That's probably how I'd view this game. But I'd pick it up on Black Friday at some point, I imagine. But yeah, it's not one I'd actively look forward to, unless it like reviews ten out of ten and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, next up then, Alan Wake remake. That was a weird. That was that sounded wrong on the tongue. Alan Wake remake. Um, yeah, obviously a long-standing Xbox uh, IP, and finally making its way to PlayStation again. Not something that I don't I don't do spooky. Um, is this one? I, you probably played it in the 360 days. This one you played? It's, it feels like a Carl game. I actually didn't play it, surprisingly. Yeah. Which I do own it, um, and I had full intentions of playing it, but I just never really got the, the time. It just kind of passed me by. So for that reason, I'm, I'm quite excited um, for it, because I, I think it came out in an era when survival horror games weren't at their strongest. I mean, mm. off the top of my head, you had... Um, the the likes of um, Lone in the Dark, which is terrible. Uh, you had like stuff Resident like Dead Evil. Rising took over, didn't they? Yeah, but they they were a lot more arcadey. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. they, they kind of lost the the horror element. Um, and similar, obviously, Resident Evil Five and Six, but they're very much action games. Um, and Silent Hill had a, a couple of titles. I think uh, Homecoming and, and Downpour. I played through Homecoming. I quite liked it, but I know a lot of the fans of the series didn't. And Downpour was was widely panned. So I think in, in an era that wasn't very strong for the genre, Alan Wake stood supreme, and and people absolutely loved it. And you know, when you move outside, kind of your Halo and Gears of War, Alan Wake is is usually the other xbox exclusive that that people tend to to refer to in in regards to that era so i think it's it's cool that it's it's finally coming to to playstation platforms and that they'll be able to to play it um and i'll i'll probably be among the people playing it i i think as well it's it's not like a full price 
60, 70 quid game. Oh, that's it's good. more around the 30, 40 mark um, from what I've read. So that, that, that makes it even more enticing. Um, so I'll be certainly giving it a go at, at some point. And I'm, I'm just hoping that they announced that the um, American Nightmare, which is kind of like a standalone expansion that was released on Xbox Live <laughs> and is kind of standard there. Uh, stranded rather there that I'm hoping mm-hmm. that that they announced that that's going to be in the package as well which they they haven't so far um but yeah no I'll I'll be so as you said it is a Carl game so I'll be certainly give it, checking this one out next up then we have GTA 5 uh, Skyrim's won they've won the battle of getting as many versions of the game out because their their 10 year anniversary is coming out before GTA's next gen update so one nil Bethesda. Well, I might get delayed, but one nil Bethesda for now. <laughs> That's my only takeaway from that because it's GTA. It, it's too many, too many versions of this game. Too long. But- yeah, I mean, I, I, I pretty much zoned out at, at that point. I mean, I, 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 we knew all along it was coming to PlayStation Five, and yeah. I, I do think if I ever decided to replay the story of GTA Five, that this would be the best way to do it because obviously that the seamless yeah. loading between the characters is, is going to save you a lot of time and that was probably the one annoying thing about GTA 5 waiting a couple of minutes to, to switch between each one um, but you know for, for now obviously it's not something new it's, it's a game I've already bought twice you know I own it on Xbox 360 and on PS4 and so you know, there, there isn't really much more we can we can say. In this it's GTA, and the people who are still playing GTA Online are going to be excited to to play the best possible version of GTA Online, and that's all you can really say. That's the thing. They're literally bringing out a new version to stop the ten minute load times to get online. That's probably about it. Uh, but they they'll never they'll never kill them load times. Um, next up, Ghostwire Tokyo, Carl game number two. Free, free. Project Eve was the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- we we were talking off air before the the um the pod about about the kind of just our general thoughts on the, on the showcase, and we both kind of said there was a little bit of a kind of mid lull. But for me, this was the one kind of exciting point in that mid lull. And this game looks really good, and I've been kind of concerned about it because obviously, as I think we covered it one point on the pod that the the director left and she's now um forming her own studio uh, that's always a worrying sign for a game but it, it seems obviously that they've nonetheless pressed forward and that the game is looking great um tango are a good studio i, I kind of dabbled with the, the evil within and in the past and you know obviously given their their pedigree and, and the, the games they've worked on elsewhere um in the past that they, they know horror so it's it's no surprise that that this game is is impressive and i mean it, it's it, it's kind of weird when you're looking at you know ghost of tokyo and and death loop which we'll talk about shortly but probably won't have much to add on it's 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 weird like that the way <laughs> these games are shown <laughs> off like the the whole bethesda aspect was was uh not more not really on display which it would have been in the past because it feels like, you know, kind of Microsoft Bethesda are just trying to get these games out mm. 
and then move, move on, on yeah. to, to, to other things. So it's well, it's it's kind of funny in that way, looking at I, the, the... I suppose that begs a question. Do you think Ghostwire will be the last Bethesda game on, on placed on Sony platform? I, I don't want to, 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 to kind of speculate on that. But I... I'll say actually no. I, I don't think it will be, um, given that obviously I, I think we saw recently the the remaster of of Quake came to PlayStation. I think Bethesda like to do that, you know, kind of release some of their older games on modern platforms and give them a nice new lick of play. And I think the, those games will continue to come to PlayStation. But but if we're looking at like kind of new AAA games. I, I'm going to continue to sit on the fence because every time I, I lean towards no, then someone from Bethesda comes and, and says something that makes me think they, they could. Like, I mean, only recently, it, and I think we might have mentioned on the pod last week um, when some new details for uh, Starfield were released, you know, Bethesda Game Studios seemed to, to suggest, almost hint that, that uh, the next Elder Scrolls game could come to uh, PlayStation because they they just seem to say, oh well, Starfield is exclusive, but who knows, kind of thing. So uh, I think it's I'm not even sure that that uh, Bethesda or Microsoft know for now. They just obviously know what the, the immediate mm. uh, projects are are going to be exclusive. Yeah, I think even at the time they said project by project, didn't they? Really, although that might have been hinting at stuff like Quake and Doom uh, being. Not remade, but re up for next gen and stuff like that. But yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I think if Starfield is, I'd probably guess Elder Scrolls will be, but we'll see. Maybe it'll be like get get Sony back. We'll have a three year exclusivity on Bethesda games just to spite people. Um, but anywho, next up, um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. We discussed this at E three. You're much more of a fan of this than I am, but. You've yet to experience the Avengers games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said at the time, now reader, and now I, I feel like I'm more interested in this game than than most people. I've seen a lot of people that I'd follow on social media, and that that would be comic book fans and video game fans alike, and they're dead against this game. They they don't like the the art style. They they're not keen on the vo- a lot of the voices. Um, but I, I do like the, the art style and I like the the voices, um, at, at least for me. Obviously, they're, they're not the MCU likenesses and they're, they're not the voices, but they were never going to be that. Um, I, I do, as I said, when we talked about this back at, back at E3, I'm, I feel they missed a trick by not making all the Guardians playable. The fact you just play as Peter... And that, uh, you know, you kind of give orders to your other characters and can kind of call them in for like assist moves is a bit disappointing. I mean, action RPGs like the, the Star Ocean and, and Tales of series have had this kind of combat for a long time and you can switch between your characters. So it's just pretty bizarre to me that that you're seemingly stuck playing as, as Star-Lord. So that that is a disappointment, and I think that will hold the game back somewhat. I know a friend of mine um, who'd be big on his um, comic book video games 
had that that same opinion that 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 it, it completely put him off to be to be honest that that you can't play as as more than just Star Lord. So that is a drawback. But I'm I'm definitely intrigued by by this one. I I don't think I think I don't think I'm waiting for reviews per se because I think even if it was bad reviews, it might still draw me in out of curiosity. But I think that this isn't a game though that I despite my interest that I would be comfortable in in paying full price for because i i i don't think it's it's going to warrant a a 70 euro 60 pound price tag yeah i'm probably with you there i think it's weird as i said earlier with uh, when we talked about avengers i think my mate liked it more than i did so he might pick this up because well 2021 has no games <laughs> so it might be again one you pick out of uh, out of boredom although we might get some at the end. I mean, talk about War, uh, Battlefield, etc. coming out. But yeah, we'll see. Um, next up, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. I, I've had to put this up on YouTube to remind myself of the gameplay. I must have zoned out at this point. It, it looks fun, but again, I'm not sure... What type of game? Is this PvP? It, it's a Battle Royale. Battle Royale, okay. Battle Royale with vampires, effectively. Right, okay. Kind of looks like old Assassin's Creed multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I actually thought thought something similar yeah. myself, to, to be honest. You, you do get that... Um, I miss that. I like that multiplayer. <laughs> I might be the only uh, one. <laughs> uh, I mean, what, what did you make of this? I, I mean... I mean, ever since we we talked about this game before, because I th- think it was shown at at E three, and I think it was again at Gamescom. It's, I mean, it's. I kind of I feel like for me, the ship has kind of sailed on Battle Royale. I know they're still massively popular. People are still playing Fortnite like crazy, PUBG, etc. Uh, I had some fun. We, my friends and I dabble with Fortnite, and and um, we also played. That I can't even think. It was a H one Z one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we all we had, we played that uh, for a few nights, and it was good crack. But that was kind of it, and then we we were happy to to move on. Um, like it's. I mean, I, I've I've been interested in the the vampire the masquerades games for a while. Obviously, the the second game is completely in development. Um. Hell, at the moment, I think it's it's going to be a, a timed exclusive or maybe a full-on exclusive for Xbox whenever it does come out. We know, obviously, they, they kind of took the project off the original developers and um, now we don't know what's going on. Um, but I, I picked up the original game on GOG recently with the in a sale with the intention of, of playing it, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. But, I mean, they're RPGs, and I think that's seems a, a very good fit for, for Vampire the Masquerade. There's also a lot of um, kind of adventure games, you know, almost visual novels um, based on Vampire the Masquerade um, that, you know, are, are are out and available. And again, that makes sense for the IP. But a Battle Royale just seems a bit bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard, you know, early impressions, people like it. And, you know, g- given that it's, it's Shark Mob and they're a developer that, you know, are very much um, enveloped in, in the shooter genre, I'm not surprised in that sense. But I just, you know, between, you know, my own personal fatigue with, with Battle Royale 
and then also just it feeling like a weird fit for me from the outset. I just don't think this is one I could even see myself giving it a try. Yeah, again, Game Pass Black Friday sale type game. Maybe not even a Black Friday sale. I think if it wasn't Game Pass, I might end up giving it a bash, but mm, probably wouldn't buy it. But again, it might review really well. We'll see. Um, Deathloop, I believe it's out tomorrow. It's reviewed really well. I think it's getting 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10. Um, it had its own it had its own state of play, didn't it? Or it had a big part of the state of play a few months ago. Um, it looks impressive. Obviously, you, you can pick it up after wait a bloody year. Um, but yeah, is this one you'll pick up or will you wait for a sale or whatever or just not asking com- completely? I'll definitely pick it up at some point. Um, I mean, as you said, the the um, reviews are are quite positive, um, so that's that's promising. And in general, I I mean, I'm not surprised by that because Arcane are an excellent studio. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Dis- Dishonored. I've, I've waxed lyrical about that that game in the past. I I kind of put Dishonored two on the shelf and I never quite got to it. And I'd like to kind of loop back for that at some point. My my down, it's on Game Pass the the collection, so I, mm-hmm. I might uh, have a go at it there. But I mean, Death Loops is a pretty intriguing idea. It's 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 very heavy on its Dishonored influence, for one thing, and, and as I said, that appeals to me. But also, I like the whole timed aspect, and and obviously the hints and name the loop. I mean, I think that's that's um, not quite unique. I mean, we have seen games with, with similar things, like for example, Zelda, the Majora's Mask in, in the past. Um, but it's not something you see every day. So, uh, you know, I, I am intrigued by this one. Um, I, I'm not surprised it was showed in one way because obviously it is a PlayStation exclusive, or, well, timed exclusive for 12 months. And I'm sure Sony won't hammer that home uh, given uh, that Bethesda now belong to, to to the rival but at the same time given how much we've seen this game I didn't need to see any more of it I don't know what your thoughts on, on that aspect are yeah I, I was zoned out at that stage I think I think well before we started recording we went this was probably a, a show of uh, three thirds the start was quite strong and then in the middle it was like holy crap we've seen all this why why is this here and then as we'll get to, the end was quite strong as well. But yeah, I think this is where I was just zoned out completely. But yeah, I think we've seen a lot of Deathloop. And as we say, it's, uh, it's out tomorrow or Friday. Uh, whenever the hell we release this. Uh, or Tuesday being tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it looks good, but we've seen enough of it. Um, next up, Carl, a game that I struggled to Google because it kept um, changing to children um Amnesia instead of what it's actually called, <laughs> which was annoying me whilst it was recording in the background. Um, but yeah, kid, do you just pronounce it kid amnesia or do I kid a manesia? I, I have no I, idea. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go with kid amnesia exhibition. Uh, this is the uh, what band is it? Radiohead. Radiohead, that was it. Um, not really much shown. But it, it says it's coming out this year, didn't it? Is it November? 
Yeah, it, it's 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 coming out later um, this year. This seems more of an experience than a, a game, and it's it's been released to coincide with Radiohead are, are releasing a kind of a reissue of their albums Kid A and Amnesiac. Right, um, okay. Which obviously the the name of this is um, kind of an amalgamation right. of those two. And the album, the reissue of the album is, is called One and the Same, and it's also going to have a, a third disc, which has some unreleased material. I mean, I'm a big Radiohead fan. I mean, I'd count them among some Another of my favorite Carl bands. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm just really intrigued by the idea of an experience based on, on an album. So I'll definitely download this and, and give it a try once it comes out. I mean, because it's not something you... you you see every day. That said, I, I kind of had a chuckle at this one because if you remember when we talked about Gamescom, there was that um, Dead Mouse um, oh, yeah. or Dead Mouse Five, or you want to pronounce it, kind of experience within that that online world building game, which the the name of it escapes me at the moment. So so maybe it's the the it thing to do now for bands to to release. Ex- Visual experiences on, that, that go along with their, with their music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was saying it to, to my girlfriend and, and she said, uh, you know, maybe it's just that with the, the pandemic that, that uh, without being able to tour, that bands were just kind of getting experimental and in what they want to do. And, and that makes a lot of sense when you, you think about it. So, yeah, no, I'll be certainly checking checking this one out and much the same as I'll, I'll be checking out the album when it, it drops. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the hell do I pronounce this? To Chia, Chia. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. Chia. The Moana game. <laughs> I. It looked impressive, but again, what it was that? The same as that Dorky Five game from, the, from Gamescom. We can't. We we legally can't play it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I get that. That where you're coming from there. I mean. It's it's one of those games. I mean, it felt like a few years ago there was just suddenly a an influx of kind of games with this this kind of art style, and people really jumped on them and, and just loved the the cutesy art approach. Um, it's now it's kind of more, you know, these these games are more common. You know, you get you get one of them every every few months. It feels like. Um, at first watching this, I was kind of like. Meh, but then when I saw like kind of hopping around the animals, I was like, "That's a really cool gameplay yeah. mechanic." And I thought it was like ukulele hero at the start. It's <laughs> like, "What's the fuck <laughs> going on here?" I mean, that that aspect of gameplay um, seems to be very much what we were expecting from um, Michel Ancel, um, mm-hmm. you know, formerly of the. the the man who formerly worked at Ubisoft and then suddenly went out on his own and then suddenly just completely retired from video game development. And then his, his game wild was uh, just quietly canceled and wild, you know, had this, you know, from, from what I remember reading about it when it was announced, it it had a similar kind of mechanic and we never obviously got to experience that. So it's kind of cool that we're going to get to experience it with, with this. So, I mean, for that mechanic alone, um, I, I'm going to be keeping an eye on on this one because like Sable Two flashbacks when you have to play a loot hero. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but the idea of just being able to hop across different animals, you know, be a dog one minute, a bird the next, a fish the next, kind of keeps things fresh, and you know, you don't it 
doesn't feel samey mm. as as um, a lot of games can be. So I'm, I'm intrigued by this one. Yeah, it looked impressive. I, I will never play this game. <laughs> um, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection. Again, I was zoned out here. I, I What were the details on this? Was it coming to PC? Was it just re-releasing? I was spaced to fuck here. I want one. Yeah, so it, <laughs> it's coming to, to PS5 and PC, and it's right, a collection okay. composed of Uncharted 4, uh, Thieves Legacy, and um, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Um, I think I might have might have messed up one of those those titles. Um, four but, yeah, and four point so five. <laughs> yeah, a thief's end. Sorry, not a thief's legacy. A thief's end. Getting them mixed up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we kind of knew something was coming for Uncharted. We thought it was just going to be all the games coming to PC. Mm. Um, but obviously this this is for now at least. It's just for and Lost Legacy. Um, but it. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's funny that you can play Uncharted 1, 2, and 3 in 60 frames, whereas Uncharted 4 was stuck on 30 frames on PS4. So now, obviously, this is this is going to be 60 frames, and people will be able to, to play it. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be, especially someone like myself, who's always wanted to kind of get into Uncharted. I did start the first one one day and, and just never quite went back to it. Um, but the idea now that I'd be able to, to jump into the the collection, which which have been um, kind of enhanced, and then obviously the um, the fourth game and play them all in sixty frames, I, I, it's it would make a lot more sense. So you know, on a personal level, I'm I'm grateful that this is coming out. Um, it's it'll be a bit odd if they don't announce the first three games for the PC though, because the idea of just four and and, and four and a bit. I mean, I, I gather from people who have played these games that you wouldn't really be, you know, it wouldn't make sense to play the fourth game unless you played the previous titles. Well, I mean, yeah, what, what are your thoughts that's, on that's that? That's my experience. So, yeah, <laughs> I've already played four and I was kind of like, I don't care about any of these people. Um, so, yeah, I think it's obviously an impressive game, but I think to fully care about it, you would want to play one to three. So, yeah, I think. I don't know. Just pick up a PlayStation. You most, I imagine most PC people have one of the consoles somewhere, and most people have a PlayStation over an Xbox. So play it on there or wait or whatever. But yeah, you you probably won't appreciate Uncharted if you just play Uncharted Four. That's probably what I'd say. Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with with that. I mean, I, I think you'd want to be getting on the the um the first three games. To start, but I, I'm still expecting them to be announced yeah, for me down down the road. I'd, I'd be very surprised if they're not. Seems like easy money, if anything. Um, next up, then probably the actual biggest surprise of the show, and that is Marvel Wolverine being made by Insomniac Games. Um, this annoys me because it won't be coming to Xbox. Um, but I presume Disney or Lucas, not Lucas, Disney just saw. Well, they made Spider-Man amazingly. Why not do it with another superhero? So I'm guessing that's why this will be exclusive. But considering the job Insomniac's done with Spider-Man, I can't really blame them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's funny with this one. Uh, as I started watching the the showcase, I was texting my girlfriend and she texted me and was like, oh, did you see the, this Wolverine game that's coming out? 
And I was like, no. And I was like, but why didn't I see this on social media? Because I was watching the, the showcase a, a couple hours after it aired. And I then copped on, oh, clearly she's she spoiled it here. <laughs> One of the, the, the surprise announcements. But I mean, I, I didn't even, uh, at first when she said it, I didn't even contemplate that it could be from this because I wouldn't have expected for a minute that they'd get another exclusive Marvel game. I mean, Spider-Man makes a lot of sense, given that that Sony obviously owned the film rights for Spider-Man, and Mm -hmm. they've played nice with those as far as allowing Spider-Man into the MCU, and and that's probably been what has greased the wheels for the Spider-Man games that, that have been exclusive to PlayStation platforms. And there was, of course, also... Iron Man VR, which is exclusive to PlayStation VR, it's not on uh, kind of Oculus or uh, oh. Vive or, or any of the others. Um, but again, you could kind of pa- pass that off as as well. It's a VR title; it's not, not a huge deal. But I, I wouldn't have expected them to get any other exclusive titles. So uh, when my girlfriend first texted me, I was like, oh, I must have just missed this. But you know, I, I expected it was going to be like a, a cross-platform game, but it, it's not. And yeah, I mean, that's crazy because with with this game and a, another game that will come on to shortly, that means that Sony are going to have had five exclusive Marvel games, and and that's that's crazy to me. It's it, zero. It, 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 Bullshit. It, it seems unheard of. I mean, what are your thoughts, you know, looking at it as a primary Xbox gamer? Fucking Indiana Jones better be fucking exclusive. (laughs) Uh, uh, As I said, it makes sense in terms of making a quality game, but uh, you're just kind of pissing off half the gaming sphere. Obviously, they'll have some sort of deal with Sony. Maybe it was an extension of the Spider-Man character being available to Disney that they get a pick of another hero or something for a game, but yeah, it's it's kind of annoying, and I need Microsoft to either buy, um, well they won't even get they won't even get fucking exclusive to the DC universe, but we need some exclusive shit with DC <laughs> just despite Disney, um, but yeah, I can it makes sense for them to deal with Insomniac, but at the same time. You're limiting yourself to what a quarter of the game. I know the P- the PlayStation market's more than a quarter, but there's three other platforms it could go on, and that kind of annoying. Um, I'll pick it up on PlayStation, but it, it fucking annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said, my my initial thought was was shock because I, I just. Couldn't couldn't understand why Marvel would give them another game, but yet obviously obviously Sony are just very good at leveraging that that uh, Spider-Man film character. Mm. Um, but I mean, clearly the game is a ways off. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's a different team to the Spider-Man team, um, so obviously they they can be working on the game side by side, and I, I'd be surprised if the games don't um, share an engine, but. That said, I, I do think 
they've made it clear Wolverine's coming after Spider-Man 2, which we'll come on to in a moment. Yeah. Spider-Man 2 is confirmed for 2023, so we can expect maybe 2024 for Wolverine. Um, so we, we do have a while to wait, um, but I'm sure it will be worth the wait. Just, just one talking point on it, which uh, I've seen a few people raise online, is some are a little disappointed that you know, Insomniac seem tied in to Marvel games at the moment. While they love the Insomniac Marvel games, some people mm-hmm. would like to see maybe a new IP or uh, maybe a follow-up to, to Sunset Overdrive. Do, do you think maybe Sony are tying Insomniac's hands somewhat here? Um, Possibly, but as we say, they have, I think they have four teams now. Obviously one maybe one's Ratchet and Clank, one's Spider-Man, one's Wolverine, and we don't know what the third is. So maybe the third's doing Sunset Overdrive because they uh, re-copyrighted the name or whatever the hell the right yeah, phrase is. Yeah, they did um, yeah. renew the, the trademark, yeah. Renew, that's one. Um, but yeah, they probably... Not locking it in, but... I mean, Marvel's money, isn't it? Everyone likes money. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you'd like to see them do more, but at the same time Spider-Man must be like they are the perfect studio for Spider-Man, but wait and see with with Wolverine, but well, Insomniac doesn't make bad games anymore. Um or never have probably. Um but yeah, it is it is a concern, but I I'd, I'd imagine one of the teams Maybe you move the Ratchet and Clank team off off that and put it on someone else or something else like that. But it wouldn't surprise me if the if there's a Sunset Overdrive game in the next few years, or I don't know, remake it so it's on PlayStation or whatever. Uh, yeah. I do think it's it's certainly something on the table, and I think obviously to to jump back to you know we were talking about Alan Wake before that the fact that that's found its way to to PlayStation now would would suggest to me that that um the first. Sunset Overdrive can at some point and, and likely will. Um, I mean, uh, as the Marvel fanboy, I'm I'm not disappointed at all that Insomniac yeah. is working on two Marvel games because they've made the best Marvel games in recent years. And you know, some might argue argue the only worthwhile Marvel games in in recent years. Although hmm. you know, um, Ultimate Alliance three um, wasn't a, a bad game in any sense of the word. Um, but obviously I have to, to, to kind of hold my hands up and say that that's my bias. So I, I suppose other people, it's a valid point if they feel that, um, they'd like to see more from Insomniac. And I mean, sticking with Insomniac and, and Marvel games, we, we may as well, uh, skip over a game and, and come back to it and, and just talk about Spider-Man 2 now. Um, I mean, again, it's 2023. It's two years away. We didn't see any gameplay or anything. We we don't know too much about it. But I think two things that stuck out to me. One, Venom seems to be the focus as far as the villain goes. Mm-hmm. And two, it features both Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and Miles Morales, Spider-Man. And a lot of people have taken that as a suggestion that this game's going to be co-op which is is mind-blowing when you think about it. I mean, it's very ambitious to put a game in which you could travel so fast and far. To to make a co-op is, is crazy to me. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it will be co-op? Do you think people are reading too much into things? Obviously, it's too early to tell, but I 
hazard a guess that it'll be like situational. Like later Arkham games when you swap to Nightwing occasionally and you swap to Catwoman occasionally. I think you'll be like part of the story. Peter Parker's been kidnapped, you'll have to play as thingy. Um and vice versa. I think it'll be I think it'll be like that where you maybe you can pick and experience the campaign differently, but I think it'll be certain situations for certain characters, I think. I I don't think I don't I I could see a world where it'd be multiplayer and it'd be excellent, but at the same time big single player experience like this I I think I think it suits being a single player experience. You know what I mean? Like you don't want you don't want to tag along with someone. <laughs> um maybe maybe I feel like you could add be... on a mode, but not a campaign where it's multiplayer. That, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to jump in with. You know, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I mean, like a, the Arkham games, just the kind of ability to play at different characters at different points. Um, that that could be well the the way they they approach it. But I I, I think maybe there'll be some kind of um, multi, as you said, multiplayer. And I hope it wouldn't be just like the Arkham one was with the you know, I think one of the Arkham games had where you, you could kind of just fight waves of enemies. I don't want kind of like a yeah. horde mode. Um, but if there was even like kind of a maybe episodic co-op levels, you know, kind of that had their own little story. You know, I'm, I'm not expecting to go into the same detail they would for the main campaign, but, you know, just a handful of episodic kind of more contained um, co-op missions. That that would be pretty cool. Um, and something yeah. I, I'd certainly jump into uh, myself um i mean but all in all you know it, it might be two years away but i'm already super hyped for this this game because i still think that the first insomniac spider-man is 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 one of if not my favorite exclusive from from last gen so um i'm feeling this this may be my uh a contender for my favorite exclusive from this gen. Although Wolverine will probably uh, push it in, in that sense. That's true. That's true. I mean, maybe the last game will probably be mine. <laughs> um, Gran Turismo. I, I made that sound like Gran Turismo 7 is going to be my favorite. It's not. The next one will be. But Gran Turismo 7 was the game we skipped over there because it's a racing car game and this... This looked like Gran Turismo Horizon Seven to me. Um, yeah, it's a it's a racing game. It, it looks fantastic. If you like racing games, you'll like this. That's pretty much all we need to say, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously they revealed the the release date, March fourth, and so it's it's coming out in the spring alongside Horizon. So that's that's two big games for PlayStation. I mean, it was a great trailer and. If you like your racing games, you 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 probably had your mouth watering at that point. And you know, neither of us are really race racing game players, so I don't think we could do it any justice by discussing it. And so for that reason, we'll kind of just gloss over it and, and yeah. jump on to the last game. I feel. Yep, absolutely. Uh, last game, then God of War Ragnarok. We we kind of knew it would be there. Well, expected it to be there. It looked fantastic. The lo- the world looked grander. Um, new characters. We get to see bits and bobs of four. Um, we obviously got to see the uh, character model in, in little posters and 
and vignettes and stuff like that. It, it, it looks fantastic. It looks like it's built on the first one so much. Um, weird people are criticising it, saying it's using the same animation for him to get in a boat and shit like that. This game is going to be fucking phenomenal, and I can't wait for it, and I'm going to buy a fucking 400-odd quid console just to play this game, and then it'll gather dust till Spider-Man comes out. And that's how this is. That's how it's going to go down. That's how, it's, a, it's going to be phenomenal this game, and the trailer looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we we got to see a lot, um, which was what we would want to see because obviously last we saw this game was just a logo. Um, I mean, as you said, there's a lot of new characters, there's a lot of new settings, and they confirmed afterwards that you will be able to to visit all the realms in this game. Obviously, some of them we could only see on the board, but they weren't accessible. And um, so that's that's pretty cool that we we get to go everywhere. I mean. It just looks like we're getting more of the same, but it looks even prettier. And that that's all I wanted. I mean, I loved yeah. God of War. I mean, if there's one contender with Spider-Man for my favorite exclusive of, of that generation, it, it is God of War 2018. So I, I just can't wait for this one. I hope we don't have to wait too long. We didn't get a release date yet. I, I guess maybe Sony are skeptical of giving release dates too far off now, given um, what happened with, with Horizon being pushed back. Um, but it looked like there was a lot of for them to show, which makes me think that, that um, this game's reasonably far along. Um, so I'd be confident maybe this, this time next year that, that we could see it. What do you think on that? Yeah, I'd, I'd think... Q3, Q4, 2022 for it to be released. Because Horizon's March. They do do a summer game though, don't they? But not a big summer. Normally it's, I'll say B type exclusive, but that's not always the case. But I'd, I'd guess like October next year. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. In you know, the 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 fall seems like a, a good fit. Um, so as I said, I'm I'm hopeful we won't have to wait too long. And I mean, we I don't think we can do just how excited we are for this one. I mean, just go back and listen listen to our our review of the first game if you haven't already. And I I think that will tell you all you, you need to to know. Oh, yes. I mean, this this is just it's 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 fantastic. And um, you know that we we. I just can't wait. It's making me spend four hundred odd quid on a game. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's all the praise it needs. Like, <laughs> uh, I will not play this on PlayStation Four. I, it'll disgust me. I will buy a new one for this. Um, yeah. So that that's it. I mean, the only question is, what, what was your favorite game of the oh, announcement of the um, show? It wasn't even a showcase. Whatever the hell it was of the show. I, I'd say Wolverine just because mm. um, putting aside the spoiler for my girlfriend, <laughs> um, I, I think it was the most surprising because it's just something I couldn't have seen happening. Like I, I just did not expect that that they'd get another Marvel game as as an exclusive. Uh, what about you? From what was actually shown at the the thing, I'd say God of War. The best news for me is that Star Wars was only a timed exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think God of War and Star Wars are probably my favourite ones because, well, God of War looks fantastic and I wasn't expecting Star Wars to be there even though it annoys me at the timed exclusive. 
solid choice. I mean, was there anything that you were surprised wasn't here? Uh, maybe not stuff by name, but we were expecting like um, Sony Ben to be there, weren't we? Or something new and and the Last of Us couple things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think with with Ben, um, I personally wouldn't have been expecting anything then, given that obviously what we heard happened with them recently, oh, yeah, with being true. on an Uncharted game and getting taken off, and now they're working on a new IP. So that that's probably a bit far off. But as you said, I think um, Naughty Dog being there with with an Uncharted uh, remaster was one thing, but I think a lot of people were expecting factions uh, to to be there. Um, so it's a, it's a real surprise that 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 wasn't shown off. And the other thing that really stood out for me was the the lack of Blue Point. I mean, we yeah we thought that was a banker that Blue Point would be there with their next title and that. Sony wouldn't, uh, alongside that, announce the acquisition of Bluepoint, which everyone feels is inevitable. Um, so that was a, a, a real shock to me. I, I mean, outside that, though, I personally wasn't expecting any of the other studios to be there because I feel a few of the studios, studios are most likely to be working on something VR-related. So given that they said PSVR 2 wouldn't be part of this showcase, it makes sense not to include them because whenever they decide to have a big PSVR 2 blowout, those studios, you know, Sony London, um, Team Asobi, that's when I think they'll show what they're working on next. Um, but those two particularly, um, Naughty Dog with Factions and Bluepoint with um, whatever they're working on, be that a, a Metal Gear Solid remake as rumoured, um, they, they surprised me. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. But uh, overall, as we said at the start, it was a it was a good show, a bit of a boring middle bit, <laughs> but the start and end were, were fantastic, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the the news develops this. Um, and we'll probably probably see gameplay for stuff like Spider Man, especially next year. Maybe Wolverine, see a bit more. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all this stuff develops. But I mean, to finish up, we've got well, we haven't gone long. We've just gone standard amount of time. You, you played anything new in the last week or so? Yeah, so I dabbled with um, Split Kate based on on your recommendation. I, I texted mm-hmm. you during the the week uh, when I was playing it. Um, yeah, it's, it's really enjoyable. Very much um, Scream Halo. <laughs> um, a couple differences. I mean, it, it's quite striking that there's no proper grenades. Um, there are the grenades that close yeah. portals, but there's no grenades for, for killing people. And obviously, grenades are a big part of combat in Halo. And it also feels that people are quite squishy. Like, pe- people die quite quickly. Mm. I mean, I, I obviously, I, there's a true skill... Um, Thing going on in the background so I was getting put against weaker players because I was a new player but I actually did quite well I, I think I won both my games I I came top uh, I think I had the best uh, kill death ratio in the first game and then I had the most kills in the second game um, which and I haven't been I was never great at, at first person shooters but I, I haven't played much multiplayer in a, in a long time so I was expecting to go on and get my ass handed to me um, but it was quite striking to me how you could just get a couple of shots off on someone and they were dead and I know a few people um, aren't that 
keen on that. Uh, that that's been one criticism for for some people, particularly Halo fans. Um, but all in all, yeah, I, I, I think it's a solid ode to Halo, and I think it's enjoyable. Um, and I can see why a lot of people, including yourself, have have been playing it. Um, outside that, I I just kind of been continuing on with a, a few games I've been jumping in and out of. Um, currently playing the the um official Ghostbusters game. Uh, you know the game oh, that's kind of the unofficial Ghostbusters three. Um, involved like obviously some of the 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 writers from the the movie. Um, it's. It's it's good if you like Ghostbusters. I mean, it's it's not an amazing game, but there's there's uh, the story's fun, you know, as as you'd expect from from Ghostbusters. And uh, other than that, just my usual Final Fantasy fourteen. How about you? What have you been playing lately? Uh, a couple things. I'm still playing Hades. Fantastic game. Planning on hundred percenting that, which be my first hundred percenting, maybe since Oblivion. I'm not an achievement whore, but this one is good. Uh, so Hades, I'll be hopefully continuing with that. Um, Overwatch went back on the other day. Still a fantastic game. Please release the sequel soon. Um, also went back on Grounded Car, which we played together. Um, there's now fish in it, and they're scary. They will fuck nice. you up. Yeah. I, I I always meant to kind of just jump into it one day and, and try it again just see because it felt very much like a game in, in early beta when we played Yeah, it kind of screamed at, at points that you just kind of felt like you were hitting invisible walls and it, it was kind of screaming at you come back later and this this will be a thing and so for that reason I think that's why I didn't play too much at the time because it just felt like an incomplete game but it was a it was a great idea there yeah absolutely absolutely and i think when we play, i think we literally played it like the first day or week or something didn't we and it was like you can only do this to a certain point it was like oh well fuck you then <laughs> but <laughs> now it seems like it's it is literally just a a big open well not big because cost you small <laughs> um but like a Pretty much, you've just got a, a, a big ass garden to to do what you want in, really, and not really much limitations. Obviously, you can always add more stuff in, but I've never been that scared of a fish in my life. <laughs> me. But yeah, they're still there. Sp- spiders are terrifying. They've got grasshoppers now that are assholes. Um, not grasshoppers, mosquitoes. They're assholes, and there is like bees that are menacingly just flying above you, and they've not attacked me yet. So I'm kind of scared of that, but yeah, it, 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 it it's improved a lot from where we played it. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to playing that a bit more. And that's it. That is it for this week. We'll probably be back next week. Uh, we have the THQ thing to review, um, which we if you if you didn't hear last show last week's show, we kind of previewed that that and the Sony show. Um, so just skip about a bit and uh, you'll be able to find the THQ bit. But yeah, we'll be back to review that hopefully sometimes. But there's news in there and I'll go wild. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.